0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christlikeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. The easiest way to connect with us from right where you are is by downloading our free Real Life Community app from your app store. You can also find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. So today we're talking about abilities. We've been talking about this acronym, SHAPE, so you can see there. And I have the A today. So today we're talking about abilities. And um, before I get into the biblical passage, um, this actual SHAPE, I don't know if you all have heard, Eric, this, it's a book called SHAPE. And so some of what we're talking about throughout this series has come from this book. And um, it's a pretty interesting book, just kind of talking about how we should shape our lives the way that... Christ wants us to shape our lives. And so let me go ahead. I've got um, all kinds of quotes that you guys get to read today on the screen, so I hope you enjoy reading. Um, But if you want to go ahead and do that first slide for me, and I'm just, you probably can't. Sorry, it's a lot. Okay, but this is the first quote, just kind of explaining what abilities are in this particular book. So throughout your life, you discover things you naturally love to do, That also means there are certain things you can live without doing. The things you enjoy doing make work more like play. When opportunities to do these things arise, they trigger and energize anticipation to get started. It doesn't seem tiring or time-consuming. And people in your life even comment that what you do seems effortless because of the ease and a sense of joy that's evident when you do it. So that kind of is just a basic idea of what abilities mean. It's something that you enjoy doing. It's something that naturally comes to you that you enjoy. The next quote kind of brings God into the situation. The abilities you do have, I love this, are a strong indication of what God wants you to do with your life. They're clues to knowing God's will for you. He doesn't waste abilities. He matches our calling and our capabilities. So isn't that neat? Like it's it's these it's clues. So you're born with these natural abilities, and that's already little clues and pieces of what God wants you to do. Like He's not gonna call me, well, let's do use this scenario. He's not gonna call Ashley Gernand to be a nurse because she can't stand the sight of blood, you know? Like she passes out sometimes. So God would not give her that desire to do a nurse if she can't you know she can't handle that so he's not going to mismatch what we do and as i was thinking about the perfect example is for this is my husband so my husband many of you know aaron he has adhd right and i don't think of it as a disability like adhd is not a disability right lots of people on this planet have it but what he does so he works for best buy he's worked for best buy for 15 years and he installs home theater systems So he gets to travel to people's homes, he puts up their TVs, he does wiring, he puts up speakers, like he does all this stuff. So he's doing things with his hands, he's at a different place all the time, it just fits, you know, it fits with his ADHD. Like if Aaron tried to do a desk job in a cubicle, he would be busting out of that thing. You know, like not every person on the earth is made to do a certain job. And so I think it's awesome that he has found his niche. He absolutely loves what he does. He loves people. It's just, it just works, you know? And so he's happy. He enjoys what he does. And a lot of what we're talking about today just kind of is trying to fit that into our lives, our abilities into our lives. Our God, this creator, he, he has this plan. And and so even the way that you are built when you are first born, these natural abilities is a piece of that puzzle, it's a part of that plan, and it's a clue toward what God has in store for you, if you're willing to do it. Okay, so our passage today is found in Matthew 25, if you'd like to turn to me, turn with me, and we'll read Matthew 25, 14 through 30. This is a parable, it's, um, a lot of times it's called the parable of talents, I don't know if you've heard that parable my new international version now calls it the parable of the bags of gold. <laughs> and I didn't know that, <laughs> I was like, oh, we're talking about the parable of talents and I pulled my Bible out and I was like, bags of gold? So I had not heard that yet, but anyway, talents, money, that's what it was way back then, talents were money. So now we're on to bags of gold in our new society here. Okay, so we're reading, okay, again, 25, 14 through 30. And this is Jesus speaking, he says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. The it there is the kingdom of heaven. So he's been doing different parables describing the kingdom of heaven. So this parable in a parable is just a story that Jesus tells. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on, his, went on his journey. The man who'd received the five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, and gained five more bags. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who received the five bags of gold brought the other five master he said you entrusted me with five bags of gold and see I've gained five more his master replied well done good and faithful servant you have been faithful with a few things I will put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness the man with the two bags of gold also came master he said you entrusted me with these two bags of gold and see I've gained two more His master replied, "Well, good, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." Then the man who'd received one bag of gold came. "Master," he said, "I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you." And so his master replied you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew what I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10. For whoever has, will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have Even what they have will be taken away and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a little harsh, isn't it? We'll get to that end part in a minute. Um, Okay, so, so like I said, this is talking about Jesus describing the kingdom of heaven in this. So this means once he comes back. So, if you look at the parable at the very beginning where it says, it talks about this master and he's going on his journey, this is like Jesus when he ascends back into heaven. That is the master going on his journey. And does anybody know what his journey was? What did he tell his disciples? I like to talk, so you guys are allowed to talk to me. So, what did he, does anybody remember when he goes up to heaven, what's he tell them? I'm going on a journey, I'm going to, yes. He is going to prepare a place. So that is what he's talking about here. Jesus is going on this journey. He is going to prepare a place for all of us, right? And so he is the master in this situation. Now, parables are amazing. I absolutely love parables because, and it's just the way that Jesus liked to speak back then, and it would have been fantastic to be there sitting on that mountain or wherever they were while he's telling these stories, because there's so much mystery interlaced within his stories. It's not just this cut and dry, you know, you have to think about it and process what he's saying, and there's so many different meanings to Jesus's parables, and that is a beautiful thing, and and it's just, to me, it's kind of like the Word of God. The Word of God is alive, right? And we can go in, and any time we're willing to open its pages, the Spirit's going to speak new things to us. And that's the exact same way it is with the parables. It can speak new things to us, like every time we look into it. And so today we're just going to kind of talk about a few things that I discovered from this parable that I think applies to abilities. So um, the, the ending is kind of harsh, right? When I read this parable, it's almost like I want to leave that last part out. (laughs) Just be like, oh, Jesus didn't really mean that. Like, you know, it's just, it's tough because we, in our minds, we serve this God of love and mercy and grace, right? And that's how I see Jesus. And I hope that's how most of you see Jesus, this man of love and mercy and grace. And it is free to all of us who accept it, right? It is free to every single one of us. But, at the end the kingdom of heaven when the end comes we will all have to give an account for what we did for him on this earth and that's what he's talking about in this parable with these with all these things the things that he's given to these men now i'm not talking about money even though money is definitely a blessing and he blesses some of us with more of that than others but as i said with this parable that's not really what jesus was talking about he's not talking about money cuz when we go to heaven and we meet with him face to face he's not going to be checking your checkbook <laughs> right we can't take that stuff with us so he's not going to be like how many bags of gold he's not going to be saying this but what did you do with what i gave you that's what he's going to be asking us so i need two volunteers to read some scripture and they're not long i need somebody to read romans 14 11 and 12. Nathan thank you and then someone to read John fifteen sixteen. okay Molly all right so here in just a minute I'll have you guys read those all right so like I was saying as we know when it comes to the end the final time the judgment um we'll all have to make an account so are you ready with Romans so he's going to read Romans 14 11 and 12 for it is written as I live says the Lord Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Thank you. So it's even written in other parts of the Bible. You know, some sweet day when we go to meet with him, we're going to have to kind of say, hey, here's what I did. You know, did you hide it and bury it in a hole, or did you use your abilities and your gifts for what God has created you for? Um, okay, if we could go to the next slide, please. There's a little quote from the book, and it says, "Understand that you are God's idea. You'll be held accountable for using what He gave you to work with." I love this concept, and it's something that kind of has just come to me in the last year or so. Um, as some of you know, I, I've, I've done ministry in the past, and I had about a three-year lull where I wasn't in active ministry, and It kind of got tricky there for a little while. I was kind of upset with myself and kind of confused and wondering, like, when was the next opportunity going to arise, and I just found myself praying and kind of getting frustrated. Well, then I found this next verse that Molly's going to read for us, and it kind of shed some light and gave me a little bit of relief to my frustration. Yes, and that was John um, 15, 16. So he's saying, you you did not choose me. I chose you. This is God is saying, he says, I chose you. So I was getting so caught up in what I thought I needed to be doing. And even though I was wanting to do things for him, it was still what I wanted to do. And it, it can get tricky because if we really fully want to be all out for God, Then we have to just we just have to let it all out, let it all down, and let him do what he wants to do with us. Every second of every day. And that's going to include using these abilities. And so once I read this verse and it just I was like, Oh, thank you, Lord. Like it reminds me that you're right, like He chose me first. I didn't choose Him first. When He was knitting me in my mother's womb, he already had this grand plan for my life. And it's so hard for us to see it because we're just these little tiny people and we can't see his big plan for us. But it helped me tremendously to just kind of release it, let it go, and realize he's, he's the one that chose me. He made me. He knows what he wants to do with me. Okay, um, the next slide, please, is a quote from this man, Matthew Henry. And I, I looked this up in a commentary, just a little side note. Does it, who knows what a commentary is? Three people. Okay, so a commentary is a book where someone goes through, like, most of the time it's the entire Bible, and they just write their thoughts and ideas on what the different passages mean. So lots of different people have written commentaries, but it's extremely helpful, especially when you read a parable. And you might be scratching your head and thinking like, what does this have to do with me or with life now? You can go to these commentaries and it's an exceptional tool to help you unpack the Bible like even further. So Matthew Henry, he kind of has some old timey words because he wrote his a long time ago, but it still has truth. He says, thus does a true Christian act in the work of religion. We have no stock of our own to trade with but trade as factors with our master's stock. So basically what he's saying there is all we have is His. And I feel like that in our lives, so much stress can be relieved, so much worry and frustration can be relieved when we come to that mindset, when we put on God's lenses for our life and realize all we have is His. One of my favorite quotes, and I didn't put it up there, I believe it was Chris Tomlin, I heard it on the radio several years ago when we were talking about worship. And he said that worshiping God is simply giving him his breath back. Like how cool is that? I absolutely love praise and worship, I love singing, it's one of my favorite things to do in worshiping God with song. But I mean, how much more beautiful would this world be if we all lived with that scenario? thinking that even the very breath in our lungs is his. You know, do you, do you believe that? It is a gift from God. Our very life is his. And so when we realize and we recognize, okay, everything that I have is his, then it's so much easier to live our lives out the way he has planned for us to. So much easier. And it's, it's just what he wants for us. Um, so taking a little turn with this parable, one of the things that this parable always reminds me of since I've had children is parenthood. So has there ever been a time in your life where you give your children advice or a friend advice or a family member advice? Like some of the things I was thinking about was, you know, I had to tell my kids all the time, like, don't go out on the scary deck without your shoes on. Like you're going to get a splinter. Like, Don't go out with this boy or girl. It could be a bad thing. Um, There's so many things that we try to do. Or, you know, even with the money scenario, here's your allowance. You know, be wise with it. And it reminds me so much of how frustrating that is for us as parents or as a friend or as a loving, concerned member when we give that advice and we know it's good because either it's from life experience or something we know. We know that it's the right thing for them to do, and then they just do the other way, right? Like, how frustrating is that? And God, it's got to be a thousand times more frustrating for him, because not only does he see from past experience, but he knows exactly what he wants for us. He sees the whole picture. And so, as a parent, as our creator, as the father, it's got to be so challenging and tough for him to sit there and watch his children burying and, and wasting away with their abilities. It's, I know, I know that it breaks his heart because he has so much in store for us. These abilities are very carefully and purposefully put into our being. And I, I hope and I pray that you all believe that because it's true. He made us all so specifically. <sighs> with a very straight-up straight purpose. So, um, yes. He can see all his plans for us are crumbling at the feet of laziness, fear, or uncertainty. Now, here's the next quote. And this is from Michelangelo himself. He said... The greater danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but our aim is too low and we reach it. We ought to live our lives waiting to hear God say, well done. If that was the goal of every single person on this planet, it would be quite a different place, wouldn't it? And that is how the kingdom of heaven will be. We'll all be just ready and in there and on track with God's will. But we just tend to get too comfortable so that last man, he was aiming way too low. He wasn't worried about what God was going to say to him at the end, was he? He was scared of him almost. Do we want to take the safe route and at the end of it all say, well, here's what you gave me, that's it? Is that really what we want for our lives? Like, Think about, I mean, what's blocking you? Because I mentioned things like laziness, fear, insecurity, because... He even says, and I'm pretty sure I skipped this when I was reading it, but he says in here, you wicked, lazy servant. I mean, those are strong words, but it's Jesus, he's saying, he's like, why were you so lazy? I gave you all these blessings, I gave you all these opportunities, I have all these good thoughts and plans for you and for your life, and you just buried it? Like, how is that okay? And it hurts him, it hurts God's heart when we just sit there. He didn't create us to hide in fear. He gave us our abilities to use for his glory. And what's so fantastic even about that, even further, is he uses it, he wants us to use it for his glory, but it's also completely up to the Holy Spirit how bountiful our harvest is on this earth. Did you guys get that? It's completely up to the Holy Spirit how bountiful it is. Our job is, is to be faithful. That is our job, is to be faithful with what he gave us. And if we're faithful with what he gave us, and we just put it all out there and give it to God, then the Holy Spirit's gonna be working within all of it. It's just beautiful. Like, it, as I was researching this, I'm like, why don't we more of us get this? It's so much easier than the lives we choose. Like, these lives of just sitting and putting it in a hole and being lazy and just whatever, you know, like, Those are frustrated lives. Those aren't fulfilled lives. When we do the things that use our natural abilities, when we do the things that he created us to do, it's glorious, I'm telling you. To just know that you're being used for this higher purpose, it's fantastic. It doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy or without hardship and pain, but just knowing that you're being used for that greater purpose, it's worth it all. Okay, so this next quote kind of made me cry, but it's beautiful. Can you guys read it? It's, it's a lot of words, I'm sorry. All right, this is Max Lucado and he says, to find me, look over in the corner of the shop, over here behind the cobwebs, beneath the dust in the darkness. There are scores of us, broken handles, dulled blades, cracked iron. Some of us were useful once, and then many of us never were. But listen, don't feel sorry for me. Life ain't so bad here in the pile. No work, no avails, no pain, no sharpening. And yet the days are very long. I just, it's, it's this beautiful and tragic picture, isn't it, of these things just over in the corner collecting dust. And it's just this image of so many of our lives, we lose sight of what God wants for us and we just kinda just let it sit until it rusts and just kinda becomes this whatever and it just becomes this life of, well, I'm just gonna do whatever I wanna do and. It's just comfortable, and it's not okay. It's not what he made us for. He is mourning for us to do what he made us to do. So many of us, when I was talking to Aaron about my sermon, I was like, I'm going to talk about creation gone wrong, and I was going to show a video of Ultron, if you guys have seen Avengers. So Ultron is, you know, this creation gone wrong, because it was supposed to be this good thing, and then it kind of took on this life of its own, and tries to destroy the world, and like, I don't think that's necessarily all of us, and that's not what we're going to be like, but it was just this image of this creation with this purpose, this specific purpose, that took on a mind of its own, and it got ugly, and it it's not that God doesn't want us to think for ourselves and he doesn't want us to try for ourselves and there's still work involved but when we just let go and embrace who we are and who he created us to be then it's no longer that creation gone wrong situation okay the next quote is also long I hope I'm sorry The days would be very long and life would be very long and dull without the expectant hope of being used for a purpose greater than ourselves. As you think about your particular strengths and areas of interest, the idea is not meant to boost your self-esteem by pointing out how qualified you are. Rather, it's to remind us how exceedingly qualified God is to put into action anything he created. Our strengths and abilities show off his greatness and magnitude. So there's this balance there of being humble and not getting too built up by all these abilities he's given us. Still being humble to what, that he's our God and our creator. And he deserves that reverence and awe and respect. But still doing what he wants us to do. I just, I love, I love these words that it would be long and dull without the expectant hope of being used for a greater purpose. Just knowing that God's created you for something special. And as long as you follow him, it's, it's going to pan out. It's going to be glorious. And that just should excite you all. Like, you should be excited about that. Whether you're young or old or you're still trying to figure it out, what, wherever you are in that part of your life, it's never too late to start using yourself for him it's never too late. And like, one thing that's so exciting about having this surrendered life to God is you just don't know what to expect. I mean, I never in a million years would have thought I'd been a children's pastor. Like, if you would have told me that five years ago, I would have laughed. I never would have thought God would call me to children's ministry ever. But i it's not about me. It's about him. And it's about what he wants to do. And if I If I start creating in my mind this own scenario of who I'm going to be, then it blocks all the good things that he wants to do in our lives. Does that make sense? He wants to do so much more than anything we could ask or imagine or expect, and we're just supposed to be along for the ride. Okay, I can't tell what time it is. We're we're close. There's one more important thing that I want to talk about from this parable, and it gets down to the sad, scary part of him kicking the servant out and throwing him in the darkness and such. Um, Every time I've read this parable, I I honestly have. I've kind of just been like, "Ah, I don't even want to think about that part. That's sad. Um, But we have to. It's in the Bible, and Jesus said it. So we have to deal with it. But as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, like, this man is so angry. Like, he's saying these things to Jesus like you've reaped where you didn't sow and you know he's saying these things to Jesus he's angry with him and I was just like what does this have to do with Jesus and then it hit me I was um reading Matthew Henry the commentary I'm telling you it helps you unpack these tricky things in the Bible so the next quote I promise there's just a few more quotes but I love quotes all right a good thought of God would beget love and that love would make us diligent and faithful But hard thoughts of God beget fear, and that fear makes us slothful and unfaithful. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, he's talking about people here on earth right now that have their hearts heartened to Jesus. There's people out there that actually believe these things about God. They have hard, terrible thoughts about him. And I'm like... That's how it's going to be, you know, when he separates the sheep from the goats, it's going to be these people that have this skewed view of God, and this last servant that just buried everything in the ground, he had this very hard view of God, and it's hard for me to comprehend because I've never lived in that. I've always loved God and believed that he was there, but that's not the case for a lot of people, and unfortunately, it's getting worse to where more people have that view of God, this skewed terrible view. And so as we think about it, I, I was thinking about, okay, well, how does this coincide with our abilities? Well, if we have a hardened view about God, then of course we're not going to be using our abilities and ourselves for him. If we think these things about him, why would we do anything for him? So as you're thinking about in your life, you just look for a moment and think about your life and where you are in this situation Are you using your gifts for God? If not, why not? Is it because of insecurity? Is it because of a skewed view of God? What is blocking you from letting him do beautiful things in your life? Because he wants to do so much more with each and every one of us, but we just get stuck. So what do you believe about God? Is he someone to despise? Somebody tell me. Is God someone to be despised and anger-filled? I mean, just this rape. I mean, he was just like, well, I was scared of you, so. Like, well, hey, we still need to fear God in awe and reverence, yes. He deserves that because he's our creator. So there still needs to be a little factor there, but we can't let that rule our lives and our thoughts about him. My view about God is that he's good, that he loves me no matter what, that he's patient, that he created me with a purpose. And because that's in my brain, it helps me along my path with him. So that's just another factor in there, like there's all these different things that could be keeping us from using our abilities for him. And that's just a few of them, you know. So, But I just want to challenge you guys. I mean, really take a time and look at your life and think about where you're at and, and what you're doing. You know, are, are you doing things for God? What drives your purpose in life? Do you, do you um, feel like one of those tools that's just kind of sitting and resting? Do you feel like this angry man who just is mad at God for some reason and has this skewed view. What is blocking you? Because I'm telling you, this is me giving the advice, don't make me the frustrated parent when you don't listen. I'm telling you that life led by God is so much sweeter than otherwise. It's just true, it is so true, and he wants that so much for us. Just like a parent wants only good for their child. It's that times a million. Because he's not only our father, he's our creator. Are you with me, do you believe me? Is it hot in here, is everybody falling asleep? It's hot in here. It's true. Now in this book, there's um, 50 abilities and there's all these things and you know, he does the little survey and he wants you to fill out all your abilities. So I wasn't gonna do that today because I want, you know your abilities. You know what makes you happy. You know what you can naturally do. You totally know. Are you using those for God's glory? When you go to work every day, do you enjoy it? Are you excited to go to work? That's a big one. Are you excited to go to work? If you're in college, are you excited to go to college classes? I mean, that's a huge one for college students. If you don't like your classes that is in your major, you need to change your major. Because why? I mean, if you're not good at math, don't try to be a doctor. Like, it's just not in the cards. I mean, and that's another thing that drives us is money. Are you doing your job to make a bunch of money? Or are you doing your job to please the Lord? There's so many things, guys, and I'm just going to stop talking because I could talk forever, and it's Father's Day. Um, But anyways, I just, I hope that something has clicked. Um, It's just, it's never too late to, to turn it around and, you know, just start praying, asking God, hey, you know, I don't feel like I'm necessarily fulfilled, or I don't feel like I'm, using everything for you, how can, how can I turn that around? And it doesn't mean please don't go like quit your job tomorrow, because you still need to make money and pro- provide for your family. So don't do that. But, but ask, you know, I mean my big thing was just, God, do whatever you want to do in my life. It is that simple. And mean it. Do whatever you want to do with me, I'm here. And then at the end of your life when you go and meet with him, Hopefully, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You did for me as I wanted you to do. Okay, let's pray. Precious Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you so much for your word and how alive it is. And we also thank you, Jesus, for creating us all in such a special and mindful and unique way. I pray, God, that every single person in this room today would realize just how special they are to you, just how much you want to bless them, and you want to be glorified in their life. God, you're so good, and you're so patient, and you love us so much more than we could ever understand. Help us to believe these things today, Lord. We love you so much. Amen. All right. Um, Happy Father's Day. Have a wonderful day, guys.